Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Good morning, church. Guys, we are so excited to worship today. If you will stand to your feet, it says in the word that God is great and he is greatly to be praised. So will you praise him with me this morning? And guys, I don't wanna just expect good things. I don't wanna expect okay things. I want to expect great things because he's done it before and I know that he'll do it again. So join me in praise. Come on, let's do it.
know, you sing songs like that and it makes you reminisce about all the great things God has done in your life. And you start thinking back chronologically at your life and what he has done for you, the battles he has won for you. It's really amazing. I mean, maybe just recently God has done something for you that if he hadn't have intervened, he might not have made it. You know, that's how he builds our faith. As he develops these track records for us of, see, I didn't let you fall here. Hey, remember when I didn't let you fall here? Remember when we won this battle together here? I think for a lot of us, when we think about our past, we go, it's a miracle I'm even alive. Because God has done great things. He's done great things in us. So when we worship him this morning, let's think about those things. Just make a mental note of some stuff that he's done in your life. How he got you a job or healed you of that ailment or brought your kids through a tough season. Whatever it was, let's worship him for that. Let's thank him for that. We don't want to be those type of kids that are just so spoiled and entitled that we never thank God for the things he's done for us. We just ask for stuff, more stuff in the future. So as we worship, I ask Holy Spirit right now that you just remind us of all the things you've done for us. And we thank you, God, for that. We thank you for loving us so much that you want to do life with us and you want to see us victorious. Thank you for loving us so much. In Jesus' name, let's worship together.
Yes, Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you for the track record that you've given us, where we can look back and see how you keep your hand on us, how you keep blessing us, you keep touching us. And right now, God, we ask together, God, we, we pray that you would help our community. We pray right now for rain, God. We pray that you would send your rain over uh, all of Colorado, all of the, over the western U.S. And we pray that you would help and protect the firemen, the, the many families in this room now and listening online that are affected by these fires and what's taking place um, uh, all across western Colorado. God, we pray for your protection. Um, God, we also pray for those who are, are directly affected by the path of the fire and, and loss of their homes, loss of structure. God, we just pray for your protection here. We know that you're in control. We know that we look back at the track record of how great you are, and you always come through, even when things look bleak, even when things look bad, you always come through. We thank you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Let me ask you for one more shout of praise for God. If you can look back and see that he's done something amazing in your life, let's give him a shout of praise today. Man, he's good. This is kind of changing subject, but I'll tell you something that I am very thankful for. I am praising God for right now. And I believe that there's a lot of you in this room that be in the same boat with me. You are praising and thanking God that School District 51 starts tomorrow, right? Give God a shout of praise. We love our kids, but get out of this house. Get back. I mean, oh, I'm sorry, that wasn't very loving, right? Man, thank you. this has been the longest spring break of my life, I'm telling you. It's like, I feel like as parents sometimes, like we, we love our kids, but we just, we just need them. To, I just need you to go. It's cool. It's cool. I, I love you, but just, just go. Well, as they're, um, <laughs> sorry, my daughter's sitting right, she's like, I'm right here, dad. I know. You need to go back to school. <laughs> Well, we recognize, though, that there's a lot of challenges um, that uh, not just the students, but the teachers and the administrators are going to face going back in this school year. And uh, I, I think more than any time we've seen in the recent, our recent history, we know that we need God's help and we need God's blessings and his protection uh, over everyone involved. Because um, right now, more than ever, the world is looking for the light of God. He's looking for some stability. And, and let me tell you this, um, Jesus talks about the fact that um, he uses times like this as a setup so that people will start to see where, where the stability lies, where the rock is, where, where we can put our hope and our faith and our trust. And do you recognize that he starts to tell us that, that he actually uses you and I in these times when everyone else is freaking out? In fact, Matthew chapter five, this is from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus was speaking, and I, I love this verse. Let's see if I can find it here. He says this, and this is what he speaks, and I wanna speak over uh, everyone involved um, in School District 51. I know other schools have already gone back in, in, in the session. We're praying for each and every person um, in, in our education system right now. We're only doing this today because uh, School District 51 starts um, tomorrow, but 
but this is what God speaks over us, and this is what I want to speak over every student, every teacher, uh, uh, every administrator in District 51 and beyond. Uh, this is what Jesus says. He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so it gives light to everyone in the house. Man, that is good. Do you recognize what God is saying? Is he's saying, okay, there's darkness, so here's my solution. You, okay? Here's my solution to the darkness. It's, it's you, okay? Uh, no one puts a, a, a lamp underneath the bowl, right? Like what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take some darkness and I'm gonna put a light right in the middle of it. And he says, you are that light. So this is what he tells us. Here's the command. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see the good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Don't you recognize, for, for every one of you listening at home right now and every one of you listening to the sound of my voice, don't you recognize that the world is freaking out right now and they're fighting about everything and we're coming back into school right now where, where administrators are fighting with administrators, teachers fighting with teachers, students fighting with, with students. There's all sorts of fear and concern. And should we do this? Should we do that? People are angry about masks. You either, you either love masks or you hate masks, but everyone's, it's divided, right? Like, like there's issues everywhere and the world is wavering. The world is at sea being tossed around by the waves, but no, he set us up to be a, uh, to be standing on the rock, to be his light. So when the world is freaking out, you as children of God should not be freaking out because you know who your heavenly father is. And what I'm telling you, our trust is not in whether or not the administrators are going to get it right as far as COVID is concerned. Our trust is not in our government. Our trust is not in a sickness or a pandemic. Our trust is not in any of that stuff. Our trust is in the fact that no matter what happens, he's still God. I'm still going to worship him. I'm still going to love him. And he's still going to use me no matter what. So the prayer of blessing I want to speak over every teacher every administrator and every student is that you would be that light of the world. That when you go into this next school year, that first off, you'd be protected, protected from the enemy and his schemes, you'd, that the kids would not get hooked up with the wrong kids, but would be in the right crowds. But then at the same way where, where the rest of the world is spinning and freaking out, they start to look and go, what is different about you? How come you're not freaking out? How come you're not negative right now? How come you're the only one that's staying out of this political argument? What, what's different about you? Because I want that. I want that type of peace. And that's what God said. Is, See, it's all a setup. I put you in there for a reason. He has an answer to the problem. And you're the answer. So I want every person right now that's listening to the sound of my voice even if this is week late, weeks later you're listening online I want you to just pray with me and let's pray uh, for everyone involved in our school system here right now Heavenly Father we thank you for the fact that you're in control and um, we thank you for the fact that you have a plan and in a dark world and in circumstances that people don't understand where there's fear, there's concerns, there's all that sort of stuff. God, we don't need to be worried because what we recognize is you are the answer and you've put us in place to help point people towards the answer, which is Jesus. So God, I pray right now for your strength, 
for your wisdom. I pray for our administrators and leaders in, in our community and our school district that God, they, they wouldn't just come up with good ideas, but God, you would implant and impart into them God ideas, that you would give wisdom in order to be able to handle these things properly. We pray for protection against sickness. We pray for protection against any scheme of the enemy. We pray for protection against fear. God, we pray that the children of God would stand up right now and be the light so when this, the world is spinning around, freaking out, God, they could start to see, wait, there's people who have stability and that stability is in you, that the Father in heaven might be glorified. Jesus, that's what we pray. So God, I thank you for each and every person listening to the sound of my voice. And we just pray going into this school year that you would bless us, that you protect us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's give God one more shot of praise today. He's good. He is so good. Well, guys, I'm so glad that you're here with us today. If you're here in this room, I want to invite you to go ahead and grab a seat, give someone an elbow bump, knuckle bump, whatever, you, uh, just whatever you're comfortable with, but then grab a seat. And while you're doing that, I want to welcome all of you that are joining with us online. Thank you so much for joining uh, with us online. We know uh, that uh, God is expanding our reach and more people are being able to hear these services uh, through what we're doing online right now. We're just so very thankful for that. And I want to thank you for taking the time to be a part of what's going on uh, here right now. But we want to invite you to be a part of what's going on in our church here in our church. Like, like you can register for a service. You can show up. You can sign up for the 9 o'clock service or the 11 o'clock service. Um, but if you're having problems with that, we know there's some people don't understand how to do that. It's real simple to do online on our website or through our app. But, um, uh, but if you don't know how to do that, just show up at a service and we will walk you through it. It's super simple, but you should be here because listen, this is what we have to understand as the body of Christ is we are the church. Well, what is the church as the body of Christ? Well, church, the word church, it comes from the word ecclesia, which is a Greek word that we find in scripture. And what is ecclesia? Ecclesia actually means the assembly, the gathering, right? So people all the time be like, I can do church up in the mountains. I can do church at home. Well, so you can assemble with other people up in the mountains. You can assemble with other people at home. No, that, that's missing the point. See, when God said he, he, he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, he's saying, I'm gonna build my people to come together and to come in agreement together and assemble together and worship together. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against that. So it is important. And that is why Hebrews tells us, do not get, in the ha get out of the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. See, it is so important that you find your way into a church service, so congrats to every one of you. I know you're sitting out there looking at me like, I'm sitting right here, Pastor, I'm here. But I, I wanna encourage those of you at home listening online right now, make sure you make it to our services. Like, like we're gonna stand up for the fact that uh, God said for us to meet together. God said for us to worship him. And you know what? We're more concerned about what God says about what we do than, than, than anything else. So we're gonna continue to honor our God. We're gonna continue to glorify him. We're gonna continue to worship him. And we wanna invite you to be right here in the middle of it where there's encouragement, where there's peace, where you can get around other believers, where there's his presence. So, so join with us. Um, make sure you register online. Like I said, you can also come uh, just anytime. 
uh, to one of our services and we'll help you register. But uh, if there, this is your first time listening online or your first time with us here, we'd love the opportunity to get some more information in your hands. It's a very simple way uh, to do that is to text the word fellowship to 94,000. So text the words fellowship to 94000 and uh, that will give you the opportunity to be able to register with us so we can get you more information, help you get to know a little bit more about us, but we'd love to get to know a little bit more about you as well. And then today we also wanna give you an opportunity uh, to give. I wanna thank uh, you so much for the fact that God has, uh, you've allowed God to uh, change your heart over the years and how uh, you've become more and more and more generous. And I I love being part of a generous church. I love the fact that every one of us in here, it's not like there's just a, a handful or just a few. There, so much of our church is, is continuing to trust God, even in scary moments when it, it doesn't make sense around us what's going on. We're still trusting God and still putting them first. And I just want to thank you for the fact that right now when churches all over the nation are going, we don't know what we're going to do. We're, we're not meeting together and, and offerings are going down and we don't know how we're going to pay the bills. And we don't know how we're going to continue with the resources for our community. Guys, God has continued to bless uh, our church through, through your generosity uh, over these last several months. And I want to thank you so much for that. And see, this principle comes out of Matthew 6 where he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. So everything you need is gonna come after the fact that we put them first, and that's what God has instilled into our church. And, and I wanna encourage you, if you haven't done that yet, um, the, the idea of this is not that God like, needs your stuff. He doesn't want your money. It's all about obedience. It's all about seeing, does he have your heart? That's why God says, I want you to bring the first 10% of your income to my house so that there'll be food in my house. Well, you think God's hungry? No, he, he wants to see where we are. I remember when my kids were a little bit younger, I would, I would want them to just obey me and clean up their room or pick up some trash or something. So I would like play tricks sometimes where I'd have like $5 in my pocket or I'd have like a bag of M&Ms in my pocket. In fact, there was a long period of time I had a bag of M&Ms in my pocket like every day. Like you saw how big I got. But, um, <laughs> but I was like, I, I've got candy. I got, I, I got money and stuff. And I would ask the girls, girls, there's trash over there. Pick it up. And they wouldn't do it. And so I just eat the M&Ms myself. And like I said, that's how I got big. But, um, but, but then finally there'd be times I'm like, would you, would you just go pick up the trash? And one of them would go pick up the trash and I'd throw them $5, throw them back in them. And it was like, you kidding me? I'm like, well, you obeyed me. So I want to reward you. See, did, do I care about the M&Ms? Do I care about the money? No, I cared about their heart. I cared about their obedience. And that's what God shows us in scripture. God doesn't need your money, he, need, he, he wants your heart. And he knows so much of, of our heart is tied to our money, we, what we care about, where we're gonna spend it. So, so he says, put me first, and I wanna thank you so much for putting God first. And, and we see the blessings that have taken place in so many of our lives. And I know for many of you here, you've never done that before, I wanna pray that God would give you the courage to trust him and put him first, because not, it's not just a principle thing, it's a principle that comes with a promise. Because it's where Jesus says, test me in this and see if I won't throw open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing on you that, 
that you won't even have enough room for. That, that's an Old Testament prophecy found in the book of Malachi. It, he's saying, I'll give you so much if, if you just trust me. So uh, there's many different ways to give. You can text uh, the number uh, on the, on, uh, that you see on the screen. You can give at fellowshipgj.com. Uh, you can also give on our offering drop, drop boxes here. But however that is, I just want to pray a special blessing over you before you give right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that every resource we have has come from you. And we just pray that, uh, God, as, as we trust you and we put it back in your hands, um, that, God, you would take care of us, that you'd meet our needs and see that, that we're trusting you more than we're trusting money. We're trusting you more than we're trusting the system. And then, God, we pray that you would bless us like, like you promised, like you said you would. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here's a couple more things that are going on in our church. Good morning, church family. It's a great week to do ministry here at Fellowship. Let me give you a few reasons why. The first one is 4640 services are back. We're calling it 4640 Outdoors because we're doing it outside, so we don't need any registration and there's no cost for these services. It's gonna be grades six through 12 every Wednesday starting this week on the 19th. It's gonna be from 6.30 to 8.30. And parents, you can drop off coming in the west entrance and then dropping off in the field. Pickup's gonna be in the same place. Now, as service goes on, it's gonna be great. We're starting off with fun activities each week. This week is gonna be slip and slide kickball, which is a lot of fun. So bring some clothes that you can get wet in, bring a towel as well. And then as service continues throughout the night, we're gonna have an acoustic worship set, an amazing message from the great pastors in 4640. So 4640 is something that you've been missing. It is time to get back into it this Wednesday. We'll see you there. Something else that's starting this week is Pastor Tim's End of Times teaching, and that's a course called Signs. It's gonna be in the main auditorium starting this week on the 19th on Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. It is a wonderful course, and I remember taking it a couple years ago, being on the edge of my seat the entire time. This is really, really cool content. There's a lot that's happened in culture since the last time that Tim has taught this, so he's written two new sessions for the course. So if you wanna retake it again, you can bring your old workbook, and we will tape an insert with the new curriculum inside of it, or you can buy a workbook night of. So please sign up and show up, because it is gonna be an amazing course starting this week. For those of you that are looking for a group to jump into or a group to try out, there are two that are going on in between services right here at Fellowship Church. The first one I want to talk about is Valor. It's a men's group that meets in the Monument Room. And it's a great way to get some extra Bible study time in or some prayer time if there's anything going on in your life that you just want to share with some other people that can lift you up. Again, that's in the Monument Room and it's called Valor. It's a great men's group to jump into even today. Also, there's a woman's support group that meets in the fireside room in between services. So the same exact time as Valor. If that's something that interests you, you can find either Valor or the woman's support group on the Church Center app under the Groups tab. Thank you so much for spending your Sunday morning with us. Enjoy the rest of today's service. So I was uh, 
privileged enough to grow up in this awesome state. Colorado is just a, a wonderful place to grow up in. I grew up in a small town in Southwest Colorado and I can't say enough about my upbringing and I just felt like I had a really good school experience, great teachers, great parents. And one of the things that I always loved about Colorado were the summer camps. Now I know a lot of you are supposed to go to some summer camps this summer, it didn't happen. But those summer camps for me, I did some, some Christian camps, I did Grand Mesa, I did, uh, I did Camp Cedar Edge, those were awesome. But then I also played sports, so I did the sport camps too. And one of my favorite camps to do in the summer was Mesa's basketball camp. And they have been doing that for years. It's a great camp. And I loved going there because I would learn so much. They had great coaches that were there from the Mesa uh, State or Mesa College basketball team at the time. And so they would coach you and then they would bring coaches in from the Valley and man, you just learn so much. But at the individual camp that you would go to, one of the first things that would happen within the first couple of days is they would put you on a team. And the team was done kind of like a, a uh, just a drawing thing. It was very random. Uh, nobody picked players. Uh, the players just got chosen and then they, they would get called out in the big gym uh, there at Saunders and then you would go and, and find your coach and, and then you could kind of see the rest of your team. So I was one of the first names called. I wasn't one of the first ones picked. Understand, nobody picked me, um, but I was one of the first names called. So I go up and I, and I stand by my coach and I'm looking at this coach and I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome because he was one of the main coaches there uh, at Mesa. I said, well, that's good. That's a good thing. And then, and then you could kind of see who you're getting on your team as they start walking over. And I look over and I see this dude, he's walking towards us. I'm like, that guy's good. I've, I've seen him play this week. This is awesome. I, I'll, I'll play with that guy. And then the next guy comes up and he is even better than that dude. And I'm like, hey, this is looking really good for me right now. Well, there was one guy there that was 6'8". Now understand, I, this was between my freshman and sophomore year. It was that grade uh, level of camp. And this guy was not like an awkward 6'8". This guy was like bowl bowl from the Nuggets. I mean, he can hit threes and he can dunk it every which way. And everybody was hoping that they would get him on their team. And I did. And this guy, this 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 monster starts walking up towards my team and I go, my heart of hearts, it's, I leapt. Understand, it was like I started just praising God right there. I mean, everybody thought I, was, I lost my mind, but I knew by putting him on our team, we were gonna win every game. There was no way we could get beat. We were that loaded, we were that stacked. We were the envy of the camp. All the other teams looked at us and wanted to be us. That's how good we were. And when we would play our games, because once you got on your team, you would play like a round robin tournament throughout the week um, as a part of your skills, a skills, your skills experience. And so when we would step on the court, it wasn't a matter of if we would win. It was a matter of but how, how much we would win by. It was incredible. And I remember I was, I was bringing the ball down and I was uh, court, I, across half court and I saw this dude, this 6'8 dude and I see him and he breaks open underneath the basket and I throw the ball to him at an alley-oop and he grabs the ball in the air and he dunks it. My, I almost started crying, okay? <laughs> it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen and we were just destroying teams. It was awesome. And I thought, this is going to be the greatest week of my life. And then all of a sudden, the first guy that I told you was so good, sprained his ankle. He was out for the rest of the week. Then that next dude that was more awesome than him, hurt his knee, sprained his knee, couldn't play anymore. And then our center, the guy that was 6'8", breaks his arm in a slam dunk contest. 
Needless to say, our, our team went downhill from there. It was left with average guys like me. So the rest of the week, we didn't win a game. But I had those few glorious days. Those few days where I knew we couldn't be beaten. And it was so much fun. Everybody likes to win, right? Everybody does. I've never talked to anybody that said, hmm, I really enjoy losing all of the time. We won't say that. We don't say that. We want to win at everything. Most of us have a competitive nature, so it doesn't matter what we're doing, what we're playing. We want to win. And if you think about the sports teams right now, or the sports teams through the history of, of sports and, and the greatest teams, you know, Chicago was nothing. The Bulls were nothing until Michael Jordan. And when Michael Jordan came on that team, it changed everything. It changed the whole atmosphere of the team. It changed, it changed them from a losing team to a winning team with bringing on that one player. Now understand there was still team and he still had to put people around him, but Michael Jordan changed the Bulls. When John Elway came to Denver, right? Before that, we'd had that one Super Bowl year in 77 and we lost against the Cowboys. And I remember crying at eight years old when we lost against the Cowboys. But then when John Elway came on the scene, it changed the scene that changed the temperature of the team. It changed the atmosphere of the team. And all of a sudden the Broncos were a contender year after year. And then we get Peyton Manning, right? That's awesome. It was so cool. Peyton changed the atmosphere of the team. LeBron James changed the atmosphere of all the teams that he's plays for. And that's just the way it is. When you can get somebody like that, an all pro, a hall of famer to come on your team, it can make you a winner. Well, when we as Christians have been given a gift that sometimes I don't think we understand. And because we have been put on a team and, and we've been on a team with not just with all pros, not with just all stars, not just with the most talented people on earth or the most talented people in the universe, but we've been put on a team with the creator of the universe, the creator of the universe. And you can't even really call it a team. You have to call it an army or a kingdom. That's how great that this team is. And when we receive him and obey him and worship him, the Bible says we can't lose. His team is so great that it can't even be referred to as a normal team. And that's why the scripture says in Philippians 4.13, and for many of us, Philippians 4.13, that's our life verse, or that's a verse that maybe we memorized as a kid growing up. For many of us, it's our favorite verse. And it's the verse that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Paul wrote that scripture and he wrote it because he believed it. He knew, he had seen with his own life that he could do anything as long as Jesus was with him. The Bible doesn't say some things. You, you can do some things with Jesus. You can do a few things with Jesus. It says you can do everything with Jesus. And these include, but are not exclusive to moving mountains, according to Matthew 20. Treading on serpents, according to Luke 10, 19, which means that we actually have authority over demons. Casting out demons, according to Mark 1 through 34. Healing the six, Matthew 10, 1. Performing miracles, the Bible says in Acts 5, 12. We can do all of those things in Christ who strengthen us. Not to mention the, the promises that he's given us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. The Bible says no weapon formed against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord our heritage. And this is their vindication from me, 
declares the Lord. So we got the creator of the universe on our side and no weapon formed us can prosper, formed against us can prosper. Now, anytime you join a team and a lot of times in this, uh, this day and age, professional athletes change teams. They change teams a lot. They'll go from one to another throughout their career. And when you go on to a new team, there's a process. You have to understand the system. You have to meet the coaches. You have to understand how the administration of that team works. You have to understand the philosophy of that team. So it is, it is a process of becoming, becoming a part of that team. And for us, because we are part of the greatest team to ever have been created and ever will be created, there's some things that we need to remember too. First of all, is that God fights while we worship. So you're in a game plan, you're in the huddle and the quarterback calls the play and this is what he tells you. All you have to do is worship this play, just worship. Let's just worship and God will do the rest. Now we see this very evident in scripture in Exodus chapter 17. Now, when I mention Exodus, most of us understand that that is the Exodus of Israel from Egypt. And whether or not you've read the scripture, you've probably watched some movies, whether it's the Ten Commandments or the Prince of, uh, the, uh, Prince of, what is that one called? Prince of Egypt. So you've watched those movies and you've kind of seen the scripture come alive, whether in an animated form or an acted form. And you remember that Moses was called to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, which he did. And he did it though through God's power. God caused all these plagues on Egypt. So Pharaoh finally let him go. And then they have the Red Sea experience where God parts the sea for them. Then you have the 10 commandments happen. And then in the middle of this wilderness experience, while these people are trying to get to the promised land, they come in contact with different warring nations that want to destroy them. And one of the first were the Amalekites. Now understand Israel was a nation of slaves. The only thing that they really knew how to do well was farming and how to make bricks out of mud and clay. That's all they had ever done. That's all they had ever been trained to do. So when a, a formidable army came against them, it terrified them. They weren't equipped for it. They didn't have the equipment for it. And so they were just normal people trying to fight a war. And the Bible says this, it's so cool what God does for them. He says this in Exodus 17, eight, the Bible says, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for, for us. Tomorrow, I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So everybody remembers the pictures of Moses with his staff, right? So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of the, uh, of the near, nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in the battle. Now you have to understand, the power wasn't in the staff. It wasn't some magical staff. The power was in the fact that Moses was worshiping God. 
When we raise our hands to the Lord, and a lot of times you'll, you'll come into a service and you'll see people that are raising their hands. You may not understand what that means. That is showing God worth. And really the word worship comes from the root word worth. Showing God worth, worshiping him. And so as long as Moses was worshiping God, the people would prevail. As soon as he would stop, the people would not prevail. Now, could you imagine being on the battlefield and you look up and you see Moses got his arms in the air and you're just on top of this Amalekite. You're just letting him have it. You're just wailing on him. You're just strong, right? You just got it all. And then all of a sudden he flips you on your back and he starts beating the tire out of you. And you notice out of the corner of your eye, Moses has dropped his arms, right? What would you be going? What would you be saying? Get your arms up, man. I can't do this without you. Hold his arms up. And that's literally what they did. He got so tired that they had to come up underneath him and hold his arms up so that the army would prevail. Sometimes what we have to understand is that all we have to do is worship the Lord and allow him to fight for us. That's the play, worship him. The next thing that we need to realize about being on this team is that we're playing with a stacked deck. Playing with a stacked deck. That's one of those things that you maybe heard through the years. And what that means is, is that when you're playing a game, whether it's a board game or it's cards or whatever, the cards, the game is set up for you to win. And sometimes you play the game before where it feels like that, right? You get all of the best properties in Monopoly and you just annihilate everybody. It feels like the cards were stacked in your favor. Same way with card games. Well, that's the way it is with the Lord. That's just how it works. Now in scripture, a really cool story, and this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, where we see this happen is in the story of Elisha. Now Elisha is this prophet and he hears from the Lord a lot. God talks to him all the time. And Elisha, of course, is on Israel's side. And the cool thing is God would go into the camp of Israel's enemy and he would listen. He would listen to the strategy that those armies were building against Israel. And then he would go to Elisha and he would say, hey, this is what they're playing. And just so you know, and then Elisha would go tell the king and then Israel was ready for it. Now, very frustrating to opposing armies of Israel, but this is what God would do for them. Then he does this. They find themselves in a situation where this one country keeps coming against them and, and, and they want to fight them. And this is what happens. Love it. Second Kings 6, 14. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. Now understand, in this time, chariots are like tanks. If you have chariots and you have a lot of them, you are going to win the battle. When the servant of the man, this is Elisha, he is the servant of the man of God, got up early in the next morning and went outside. There were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. So he gets up, he sees he's surrounded. Then he has this servant, a young servant that says to him, oh, sir, what will we do now? Okay, so this young guy gets up, he sees the same thing, scares him to death. Elisha isn't scared at all. Then Elisha tells him, don't be afraid for there are more on our side than theirs. Now this kid is saying, no, there, no, there, no there's not. No, <laughs> I, I can see them. I can see them. They got, they got a lot more chariots than we do. They have a lot more men than we do. We're, we're in trouble. I don't know what you're seeing, but it isn't the truth. And then Elisha prays, oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. 
So not just chariots, but chariots of fire, spiritual chariots, angels that were there that were gonna fight on their behalf. That's what Elisha saw and that's what this young man saw. As the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the, so the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Now think about that. You're going into battle, you're ready to kick some tail and all of a sudden you can't see. That's what God did to this army. Then Elisha went out and told him, okay? So it's, he just walks out to him because, you know, they can't see him. Like, what are they gonna do? And he says, you come, you've come the wrong way. Hey guys, everybody that's blind, hey, listen up. You come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. You're not, you're not even in the right city. Follow me. You guys, come on. Hey, come on. Hey, follow the sound of my voice. Follow the sound of my voice. Come on this way. Follow me. Everybody, come on, come on, come on. Follow my voice. Follow me and I, I will take you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria. So he leads them to another, a, another country. As soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. Now, did the, the army of Israel have to do anything? Nope. Did they have to pick up a sword? Uh-uh. They pick up their shields? No, no. Did they even feed the horses of their chariots? No, they didn't have to because God dealt with it. He blinded the army. Now, now think about that. You can't lose when the armies of heaven are fighting for you and God himself blinds your enemy. That's the team we're on. The third thing that we need to recognize is that God breaks down walls when we are obedient. God loves our obedience. He loves it when we listen to him. And he wants us to listen to him because he knows what's best for us. He can foresee things that we can't, right? He can see those things. I've heard people before, they're like, oh, God, God, God just wants you to be obedient. God just wants you to do what, you, what he tells you to do. How selfish of God, right? He's, he's bossy. <laughs> no, he just wants to protect you. Just like your relationship is with your kids, you want to teach them lessons so they don't have to learn the, the lessons the hard way, right? I remember when my daughter was really young and she came to me and I was trying to explain to her something and she told me, she goes, dad, I just want to learn these mistakes on my own. I was like, knock yourself out, right? <laughs> we have the Bible, we have the stories, we have these teachings so that we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to start from the beginning. God has given us answers if we'll just be obedient to him. That's why Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments because he knows what's best for us. So the children of Israel have been in the wilderness for 40 years. So they've come out of Egypt. They've defeated the Amalekites. They've been in the wilderness for 40 years. Most of that time, they were pretty disobedient. The Bible says that they complained a lot. And that's why it took them uh, 40 years to take a trip that only should have taken a few weeks because God was trying to get the disobedience out of them. And then this new generation comes about and, and Jesus or and God says, okay, we're gonna go into the new, uh, this new land filled with uh, flowing with milk and honey. And you understand you're gonna have to face something right off the bat that's gonna be tough, but I got gotcha. you. And so they come into Israel, they come into this new, the, the land of Israel, and they see that there's Jericho. Now you've all heard the, about the story of Jericho, right? This, this fortified city that nobody could ever defeat because the walls were so tall and they were so strong that chariots could actually run around on the top of these walls. 
And so they get into this new land and, and God tells them this. It's just such a cool story. Joshua 6.1, it says, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut up because the people were afraid of the Israelites. They'd heard about all of the conquests that Israel had had. No one was allowed to go out or in. They thought they were safe. There's no way these guys can touch us. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark. That's the Ark of the Covenant, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into town. Now, if you were in that army and Joshua came and said, here's the strategy, okay? We're gonna march around this big city with all these walls. We're gonna do it this many days and this many times. And then on the seventh day at the end, we're gonna blow a horn and everybody's gonna yell real loud. And when you do, the walls are gonna fall down. You'd be thinking, right, really? Like who left this guy in charge? Where's Moses, right? Joshua, you've lost your mind. We can't defeat this city by yelling and marching around in, in a certain order. Are you, are you kidding me? But these people had seen what God had done. They had a track record with him. And so they did exactly what he said. And according to verse 20, it says, when the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. That's the team that we're playing on. And God says, if you just be obedient, just listen to me. I promise you, I will, I will protect you. I promise you, I will come through for you. I promise I will win battles for you. And then finally this morning, we've got to remember that God loves us so much that he'll raise the dead. He'll raise the dead for those that he loves. Now we see this in scripture and one of the most popular uh, scriptures or stories in the New Testament is the story of Lazarus. Many of you heard that story when you were in, uh, in grade school, maybe coming up through Sunday school, and you remember where Jesus went and he raised Lazarus from the dead. Now, this particular family was Jesus's friends. Martha was Lazarus' sister. And when Lazarus got sick, it scared him. In fact, Martha was very, very upset that Jesus wasn't around to heal him. And Jesus didn't get back in time from his trip and Lazarus dies. Everybody's crying, they bury him. He's been in the grave for days. And then he talks to Martha and he says this. I got you. I love Lazarus. I'm not gonna let you down. I know what you see right now is darkness and you see that there can, no be, there can be no light and he's already been dead for three days and he's, he's already in the tomb. I know that that's what you see, but I see something different. And then in verse 43 of chapter 11, he says, shouts out, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, the Bible says, his hands and feet bound in grave cloths, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. 
Now it's interesting because just a few verses before, in fact, verse 23, he's trying to comfort Martha and he says, your brother's gonna rise again. And Martha's response was, yeah, he'll rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And so what, what Martha was talking about was the second coming of Christ. She was talking about like the rapture and he's like, she's like, well, sure. Sure, he's gonna be, he's gonna be raised from, from the dead. I mean, we all will. But then, she, then he told her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And then he asked her, do you believe this, Martha? Now this is why Moses could face Pharaoh. This is why David could face Goliath. This is why Paul could say to die is to gain. I mean, what's the worst case scenario? I go to heaven. I go to heaven and live in paradise with God forever. That's the worst case scenario. But the truth is, is that Jesus will raise you from the dead. He loves you so much that he died so that he could do that. Jesus was the ultimate overcomer when it came to death. And we have that to look forward to too. And we know that we are gonna face hardships. We know that God is gonna win every battle, but there are battles that we have to go through to strengthen us. God will ultimately win the war, we know that. But what about things that happen to us every day? Well, according to scripture, James 1.12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And Romans 5 through 4 says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us. They help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So there are gonna be times where you feel like I didn't win this battle. I'm right in the middle of it and I am struggling. And God just says, I got you. Learn what you can, get stronger, work out. Maintain your disciplines so you can be a valuable part of the team. In the NBA or NFL or any of the sports leagues, when you're traded from one team to the other, you got to pass a physical. That team's got to know you can still play. That team's got to know you can still push the weight. You can still last when it comes to cardiovascular. They got to know you're trained and you're ready. All the stuff that we go through it's just to make us stronger. Because God wants to play with a stacked team too. Well, earlier this morning, when we were worshiping, we asked you to remember all the things that God has done for you in your life. All the battles that he's won. We asked you to kind of think chronologically about what those battles were and how he came through for you and on your behalf. But we wanna end this service doing a little warfare and fighting the way that God has taught us to fight. So whatever you're facing right now, maybe you're in the midst of something, maybe it's something financial, maybe it is something to do with your health, maybe it's something to do with your kids, maybe you are fearful of going to school tomorrow or back to work, whatever the case, remember God's never lost a battle. 
how he worked for Israel as he worked through their worship. So how we want to end this morning is fighting how Moses fought. With our arms raised, giving it over to the Heavenly Father. Now this song that they're getting ready to do rocks. It is so much fun. And we want you guys to have fun as you worship the Lord. But whatever it is that you're facing, I want you to think about it right now and I want you to give it over to the Lord. And I want you to tell him, this is my issue. This is my struggle. Now I'm gonna worship you in the midst of it and I want you to fight for me. And watch what he does. So as you stand in the auditorium with us now, and if you're watching at home, if you're in your living room, or you're at a campsite, or you're at Lake Powell, stand up with us. And as you listen to this song, remember what God's done for you, but remember what he can do for you. And let's fight this battle together.
so let's just pray on a daily basis that he'd remind us he's in control and that we're on his team and we can't lose. And the next time we're in the midst of something, it's just so tough that we just do this. We just worship him. We just raise our hands. We just say, God, fight for me. Fight for me. Do what only you can do and I'll trust you. I'll worship you, I'll obey you, I'll do whatever you want me to do, God. Because I know you know what's best for me. So Lord, we thank you for this morning and I pray that you would be a constant reminder of that. And in times of darkness, we would know you got us. Remind us, Lord, of that track record we have with you. Help it to build our faith. We thank you, God. We thank you that you love us so much that you want to fight our battles for us. Guide us now for the rest of this week. Bless us with whatever we face. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you back next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord and that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I want to thank you for that. I want to ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the very first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below this video. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.